0: Welcome to the Zeno Learn podcast, where we ask the question, if you could teach the next generation one thing, what would it be? I'm your host, Claire, and I am so excited for you to join us today. Welcome back Zeno learners to another episode of the Zeno Learn podcast and today I am delighted to be joined by Harriet. Harriet, could you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, Claire. It's nice to be here. My name is Harriet Karein Kajiambo from Uganda. I'm the executive director and founder of Global Learning for Sustainability. I'm also a young woman activist and feminist and an SDG activist working on issues of quality education, gender equality, and climate change in my communities.
0: You said that you're the founder of an organization called Global Learning for Sustainability. Could you elaborate and expand on what Global Learning for Sustainability does? what its mission is
1: global learning for sustainability is a young women youth-led organization working on issues of sustainable development goals for 5 and 13 by engaging young people through diversity and inclusion strategies our mission is to support and ensure that young people, especially women and girls, have opportunities to acquire global skills, learn and work together to solve common global challenges. So basically, we're addressing issues of quality education, gender equality and climate change because they really matter a lot to us and we cannot have a sustainable Future and a sustainable world without addressing issues of education, gender equality, and climate change.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, you were telling me before that you have previous experience in education, but then you were drawn into the NGO world, and you became you became an SDG activist, particularly for goals number five and number thirteen. So that's for gender equality and climate. Can you say a little bit about why you are so drawn to working in the nonprofit sector and working towards gender equality and climate?
1: Yes. I'm a social worker by profession, but my first job was in education sector where I was a teacher of literature and English. I was drawn more to the NGO sector because As I was teaching, I learned that young people really need a lot to learn about their world. Young people need to be part of the change. Young people need to realize that they are the future leaders and there's nothing that can be done without them. So looking at the challenges that young people are really going through in education, specifically when I really learned about the sustainable development goals, especially goal number four, it was so much interlinked to gender equality. And I think, or I felt that the only way I could really bring about change was to really transfer my skills, uh, knowledge, and passion to the NGO sector where I could still engage with young people and ensure that they're really part of the change The civil society or the international community is seeking to address.
0: I loved what you said earlier. Young people need to be part of the change. So how do you incorporate the younger generation into your organization? Our mission is entirely looking at
1: ensuring that young people are part of the change that we need to cause. So our young people are trained to become change makers. Our young people are trained to be able to speak out to the community, to the leadership, and really be the change agents that they need to be. So part of our work really looks at empowering young people, especially the young girls and young women who are affected by the issues like uh, gender equality, uh, climate change, and education, so that they know that indeed there is a problem in our community. And yes, we need to stand. And I think this is also a testimony because they really come out and and say so, wow this is what we've been lacking we didn't know this and this is happening or we didn't know that this and this should be like this so yes young people get to realize what they actually meant to be and what kind of world they really need to live in yes i
0: was just so curious to Maybe hear a real world example of a student who said, I didn't know this before until you gave me the tools or you empowered me to access an education and to learn. Is there perhaps an example that you could share with us today? Yes,
1: one of the success stories we heard was that a girl really testified that she could not understand the real meaning of sexual harassment. And to us, she said that she can now say no to sex. To us, that is an achievement, that is a success story, because we know that gender is a very big issue. Gender is a source of being a woman or a person of a different gender orientation, is a source of you know, discrimination, violence that is really affecting people in our community. And secondly, a girl standing up to be able to have a leadership position in a community, Uh, for example, in schools where sometimes the education system does not even favor women leadership or girls to be leaders, you know, is in itself a testimony that really issues of gender equality affect girls. And the more we talk about them, the more girls will be able to have the confidence to stand up and challenge the stereotypes and the culture where they've been, you know, socialized and being told that, you know, a girl cannot lead a school, a girl cannot be a head prefect. And so girls we're working with are really changing. And we're also changing the boys to believe that, hey, the world must go equal. So girls and boys Mm. that we're working with are learning that. We must shape an equal world. It doesn't matter who I am, my gender, you know, it doesn't really matter we're all equal when it comes to making change.
0: That's so key that you're also reaching out to young boys as well and trying to encourage them to see the world and to understand the world as a place that is equal between men and women and not equal yet, but that we should strive for equality And it's really inspiring to hear that your organization was able to teach lessons of bodily autonomy, teach lessons of consent, and to teach lessons of leadership in the community. So I think that it is so good to have those examples and it is so good to be trying to teach and empower young women to strive for those positions of leadership as well. One of the things that you said you were working on in your organization is a learning hub. So what would that look like? What kind of things are you hoping to teach in your learning hub? Who are you trying to connect in your learning hub?
1: So our diverse and inclusion learning hub is part of a continuation of our diverse and inclusion program that has been supported by CIVICUS. And so what we're really trying to say from our experience, is that young people are excluded and the exclusion is affecting them and it is manifested in the gender inequalities, like I say, education, and being able to participate in community activities or in mm. leadership activities. We realize that young people who are living with disabilities, especially Face extreme exclusion. When you are born with a disability in our community, it is a tragic event. It is a taboo. But we want to create a learning hub where we are showcasing talents of young people who are living with disabilities, who have made it and can indeed make it and change the world. Secondly, we want to address education through uh, creating an opportunity for young people to learn digital literacy skills that they can use for advocacy and even skills to help them earn a living. We are looking at a diverse and inclusion hub that is going to give young people information, as skills and knowledge they've been not been able to have, you know, because of education, gender, social norms and our lack of access to leadership opportunities. So we are creating the hub to ensure that young people can become vibrant change makers and really use their talents to actually make the change that we need.
0: Mm -hmm. And will this be a physical hub or will this be an online space? It's going to be both physical and online
1: Uh, First, we have debates with uh, youth living with disabilities or differently-abled youth and engage them on how they really feel they should be included. And learn how they can use their talents and skills to benefit the community and even address the discrimination they face and the stereotypes and all that kind of things. So we also intend to share the stories. We intend to allow the young people to tell their stories because most of these young people have stories untold. And because of the discrimination they've had in their communities, even where they live in their own families, they are really so tense and they really need some space. They need a space where they can really tell their stories. I can give an example of a young man who we interviewed, and he has been in a wheelchair all his life. And so he told us his story of how he has felt, you know, that he should not be existing because in this home where he is living, a foster home, his own peers question his existence, asking him why should he live when he is unable to do anything He's only Uh living to eat and he's only pushed around. So these are the stories I want to share of young people who are discriminated against. But there are those that have also come out to say, no, we are disabled, but disability is not really inability. And they are really doing Mm -hmm. great things. Another positive story of a young man who is a musician and who has believed in a foster home, uses his talent, which is music, to change the world, to address the issues they are facing. So these are the issues like want to put out, want the young people to share their stories. Young girls and young boys living in different traumatic situations mm-hmm. to share their stories to the rest of the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Can I ask you to to say what you just said again one more time disability is not inability
1: yes it challenged us to know that some young people are challenging the stereotypes and Mm -hmm. they are saying that disability is not inability
0: yeah debunking those stereotypes is so important And I think that it's very admirable that it is also an aspect of diversity that you are trying to incorporate in your learning hub. I think that there are many ways that you can interpret the word diversity. And in a lot of cases, physical ability can be forgotten. So what does diversity mean to you? And why is it so important to include physical ability in that as well?
1: Uh, To me, diversity is uh, simply being different. We are all created different to do different things. And because we are created differently, diversity is shown in different layers. We are diverse based on our age, gender, ability or disability, sexual orientation. We are different or diverse because of our cultures, religion color race ethnicity education background and geographical location and yet all this creates beauty in humanity So it doesn't matter who you are right now where you're coming from or what other people think about you you are not any different so to me really diversity is are all about where you're coming. Dimensions that can be used to differentiate groups and people from one another. And then when we talk about inclusion, it is the proactive and mindful steps we take to make sure that diversity happens. So creating that environment where all kinds of people, you know, disabled women, girls, the rich and the poor can really thrive and succeed just in one world without really harassing each other, and acceptance, yes. That's what I call diversity.
0: I don't know how long you've been working in the NGO field, but... Over time, do you see that there is a change starting to happen as people become more aware of diversity? Do you see in people and organizations' practices that they are more and more recognizing the importance of being diverse, recognizing the richness of differences, and recognizing the importance of inclusion?
1: Ah, Yes, working in an NGO sector, uh, I think since 2015, that's when I started. Working in an NGO sector, I really didn't pay much attention to diversity or inclusion. All I really wanted to know was, you know, are an organization or organizations working to change the community, you know, addressing the different social issues but without knowing the root causes. You know, when we're talking about diversity Mm. and inclusion, we must think or look at the root causes of what really brings challenges of diversity and inclusion. If there's no culture of acceptance in organizations or institutions, it could be culture. So if it is culture, it means we need to start down there. We need to address the root causes. Currently, because of activism and A lot of young people getting to know the importance of equality and justice, there is some change, but we've not really realized the change that should be because we are still having policies, the policy environment, leadership is not friendly. We need to look at policies that make our institutions right from the grassroots to that governing structure of our country because i think our country should model diverse and inclusion so that other people must learn from them so if there is injustice in the country it is going to be hard for even the people who are pushing for change to practice it cause they are really pressed from down so we need to really embrace diverse and inclusion right the policies that we make as, you know, nations really matter, but to address issues of diversity and inclusion.
0: Mm -hmm. So my understanding, based on what you're saying, I hear that we have to address the root causes of this lack of diversity and lack of inclusion, and really to get down to the crux of it, we should look at policy, we should look at governance, and we should look at the popular culture. Yes. Okay. And once we get down to that, how would you see your ideal governing body or what would be your ideal policy to try and kickstart this movement, this change towards diversity and equity?
1: Okay. So let's talk about leadership.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: (laughs) Yes. Leadership. How is your leadership structure organized? Is it a structure that really believes in gender equality? Is it a structure that models diverse and inclusion? If we are leading different institutions, different, you know, associations or groups, anything. How are our leadership structures arranged? Is our leadership structure, for example, a reflection of the people we represent? Are we uh, including people from different religions, different cultures, people of color, people are differently airborne? How many people from such diverse groups are represented in your leadership? I think it's as simple as that.
0: Yeah, I think you say it so simply and so clearly, too. Uh, (laughs) You really have. I mean, it's as simple as bringing everyone to the table, bringing the people that you are supposedly representing. Do you really represent them? Do you really include people of different cultures, different skin colors, different religions, different physical abilities? Does everyone have a seat at the table? And I think that leads us to our final question that we always ask here on the Learn podcast. If you could teach the next generation one thing about diversity and inclusion, what would it be? So
1: if I was to teach the next generation about diversity, among others, it would be tolerance, respect, non-discrimination, and equality. Those four values lack in our community. And maybe let me repeat: tolerance, respect, non-discrimination, and equality. I think it's all about understanding that everyone is special. It's all about respecting people from different backgrounds. Because after all, I believe we cannot stop diversity, but we can stop discrimination. So if I would teach the next generation about diversity, I would not forget stereotypes and biases that we hold, against particular groups, being a girl and a young woman, especially, that maybe women cannot be leaders. You know, women may not achieve an education. And no wonder you find that uh, some fields are predominantly male. Very few women doctors. I haven't seen a woman present in my own country. I don't know if I'll ever see one. Thank God, America has got a vice president with a woman. And congratulations <laughs> goodness, to indeed. America. <laughs> yes. I would really want a generation that respects and values diverse backgrounds. Yes, as human beings with equal power opportunities like anyone else who has power. Power mm-hmm. sharing is very important. Yes, I would teach our, our generation to refuse or to hate discrimination. We already talked about people of different abilities or people with disabilities, but they are so discriminated and they are seen as burdens or you know the worst things that ever happened. And because of this they are excluded and because of taboos attached to such kind of people, they do not thrive and succeed. Because of just diversity. So I would say diversity cannot be stopped, but
0: discrimination
1: can be stopped.
0: Lovely sentiment. Diversity cannot be stopped, but discrimination can be stopped. What actions can we take to embrace diversity and to stop discrimination?
1: Okay, from my experience, sometimes we do not know that we are supposed to work with different groups, people of different opinions, people of different abilities, people of different gender, just because we've not learned about the value of diversity and inclusion. But if everyone, every person would get a chance to get acquainted with diversity and inclusion, I think... To be able to appreciate it, but not forgetting to address the root causes of why people do not tolerate one another, do not respect one another, why people find it hard to work with people who they think are different from them. So, addressing root causes of discrimination, injustices, and in gender inequalities, and allowing ourselves to learn, relearn, and unlearn. I believe
0: that would work. Yes, I think that that will work too. But of course, it will only be proven with time and with practice and with many passionate people like yourself, trying to make the world a better place by being that change and create equality by empowering people to embrace diversity and stop discrimination. Well, thank you, Harriet, so, so much for sharing your time and your stories and lessons today with us. Where can our Xeno learners find you online? On
1: my Twitter handle, my personal Twitter handle, Harriet at Harrietgoodness Goodness, at Harriet Goodness, capital H, capital G, uh, for my organization. The social media page or Facebook is Global Learning for Sustainability Uganda. We also have a Twitter handle at Global L-U-G, at Global L-U-G. L is capital and U is capital.
0: Fantastic. Yes. So all of those links will be in the description to make it even easier for our Xeno learners to find you. And Harriet, once again, thank you for being here. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so, so much, Harriet, for sharing your story and experiences with the XenoLearn podcast. You can find Harriet and Global Learning for Sustainability online and on social media. Check out the links in the description below to stay updated on all of their exciting events, activities, and their upcoming learning hub. So what are the takeaways from our conversation with Harriet? Number one, Young people need to be part of the change. Number two, disability is not inability. Number three, diversity starts with leadership. Leadership should represent the people that they are serving. And number four, diversity cannot be stopped, but discrimination can be stopped. is it for another episode of the xeno learn podcast thank you again so so much to harriet as always you can find us on social media at Xenolearn, that's at x e n o l e a r n we'll be back next week that's next wednesday with another episode and that will be our last episode of season one so stay tuned xeno learners bye for now